A very warm welcome to you all. My name is Matt Ellis and you are tuned in to a brand new season of the Cricket Library podcast and what a time of year it is for cricket lovers around the world. So much happening at the moment and our show today has our first big special guest of the new series. We've got some special guests hopefully Coming on in the next little while, one of those will be 1989 Ashes tourist Greg Campbell. He'll be coming on in the next couple of weeks to reflect on the Ashes series that happened 30 years ago. And I'm really looking forward to that chat with Greg in the coming weeks. But today we kick things off with the official patron of the Cricket Countdown on Twitter She is a journalist for Channel 7, Nina Stevens, a cricket lover. You will get that down for sure after you hear our little chat. She loves the game, always has, and has a great passion for sharing her enthusiasm with the rest of us. And it's really a pleasure to have her coming on the show today. We'll be having a look at the World Cup from last night, New Zealand versus England. The tie, the double tie, do you call it a double tie? I think we probably do. We're going to have a look at the women's ashes. We're going to have a look at some strategies for staying up late to watch the cricket. Some very helpful tips hopefully coming up from Nina there. She's very accomplished at staying up late and watching the cricket. We've also got some time to chat about our favourite ashes memories so many of those. I'm sure plenty of our listeners would have a whole plethora of Ashes memories that they could bring to mind. And we'll talk about just some of those in the podcast today. Really looking forward to this one with Nina Stevens. I hope you are as well. Enjoy. And a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast, Nina Stevens. Matt, MJ Ellis, as I prefer to call you. It's great to be here and I'm excited to be part of your podcast. It's so good to have you here, Nana. You are <laughs> a cricket enthusiast, a cricket purist. Uh, you love the game. Can you give our listeners a bit of background as to where your love of the game started? Do you know what? I think it started probably before I could walk because um, I, have, I come from a, a – a, parents, my father is, is an cr- absolute cricket nut, so he would spend a lot of his available time at Adelaide Oval uh, going to Sheffield Shield games, so as soon as I was old enough to get through those front gates, he would take me there, and um, I basically grew up, and my summers were full of watching cricket, and not just the big games, but also the local games, so I, I really cut my teeth watching Sheffield Shield, and uh, just absolutely loved it, and I would crawl and run across the stands and you know, back in the days where it was just a cheap and cheerful atmosphere, and I just loved it. We also watched a lot of um, SA and Phil. South Australians would would, would know that. Um, so that was my winter sport. But then in summer, it was all about the cricket. And then, of course, we just watched all the test matches and everything on television um, that weren't being played in Adelaide. So I just grew up on this absolute diet of AFL and, and cricket. And... Um, I'm better for it, I think. It's 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 just such a great game and I love it and I continue to watch it to the day and to this day and I, I love going to the local grounds and I just think it's such an incredible atmosphere and, and we're so lucky to have the standard of cricket that we do in this country. 
Absolutely. I, I remember dragging my mother along to Sheffield Shield games <laughs> when I was about 10 years old and we'd sit in the MA Noble stand there at the SCG and I, I found it was a really good way to connect with people. Um, we'll I'll talk a little bit about the women's ashes a bit later on. I took my mum and dad to the first day of the North Sydney day-night test match there and, and just cricket is a great game to spend time with people and connect and have conversations and just take in the game that's happening on the field as, as a part of that whole atmosphere. And it sounds like that was similar to you with, with you and your dad. Very much so. And it's funny that you mentioned the North Sydney test. I know we're going to talk about that a bit later on, as you mentioned, but when I went to that women's ashes and the first day nighter, and it was the, the whole family atmosphere, and I, I had actually a massive um, flashback and a reminiscence of of how it was for me as a kid to go in and just the local level and the enthusiasm. And I really felt parallels between going to a place like North Sydney Oval and going to Adelaide Oval when I was much younger. Um, and I had two children of my own, and so I took them there that night. And they loved it as well. They knew that they were part of history in the making. And I agree. Uh, I mean, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll discuss this later on, but, but every year I go back to, um, to Adelaide and I go with my father to the test match. And we don't go for just one or two days. We go for five days <laughs> because I certainly hope that the test match lasts the full five days. Um, I would prefer it to go for six days because that's the kind of person I am. But, um, you know, and in those five days, it's really quality time. Mum's really good about it, actually, considering that she lets Dad and I just go off for the, for the full days or the day-nighters, depending on how, of course, it all flows this year. It's going to be a day-nighter again, which will be great. But... You'll find that people usually sit in the same seat, so we get to know our neighbours. Um, before you know it, you're getting lunch and, and drinks for people who are sitting nearby you, and it's a great way to get to know people because you, you're there for five full days, usually in searing temperatures, <laughs> and it's uh, it's just a wonderful game to to watch and observe and get to know people around you. So I completely agree with that, and I, and I know where you're coming from. And speaking of wonderful games, what a spectacle the Men's World Cup has been over the last yes. little while. I know I'm I'm very tired. I've had a bit of man flu during the World Cup, which didn't do me oh, any yeah. favours, unfortunately. But <laughs> what a game last night. New Zealand up against England. England's strong favourites going into the game. New Zealand opting to bat first and posting a fairly commendable Albeit nineteen mm. nineties style total eight for two forty one from their fifty <laughs> overs, and yes. H- Henry Nichols sort of playing the Jeff Marsh sheet anchor role there fifty five off seventy seven balls a lot quicker than Jeff Marsh probably actually uh, Tom Latham forty seven from fifty six and set the game up really didn't it and what happened after that was incredible what what, what were your thoughts on on the game last night. I think it's astonishing, actually. First of all, I'd like to call out your man flu, and I think it's probably sleep deprivation, more likely. (laughs) But but I just think, um, look, I really wanted New Zealand to win. Um, I I think getting to that tied level is extraordinary. For them to lose in the super over is just devastating for them. But I also think that uh, it's it's actually a great moment for New Zealand cricket because doing so well on the world stage... Um, in front of such a captive audience. I know that they didn't, they just fell at the final hurdle. Uh, what a great effort by them. And also, you know, for England, um, 
for them to win that home final, it's such an important moment for them. Uh, It's also a really big psychological moment for England leading into the Ashes, which is now just, what, 17 sleeps to go? Oh, I can't wait. Hashtag cricket countdown. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and look, I... It's, it's a, I, I know that they're two very different competitions um, and you're right when you introduced me, you said that I'm a traditionalist and a purist. So I'll, I'll be honest and say that my preference is always for test cricket. But you can't deny that it really does build up the audience. It builds up the crowd. It builds up the home series. And then they've got a couple of weeks to think about it and roll on to the ashes. So good on England. You know, in the end, they were... Uh, they were the, the the team that got over the line, but I also really do hand it to the, to the Black Cats because I thought it was a fantastic effort by them. I really do. And the way they conduct themselves on and off the field, yeah. Kane Williamson, outstanding leader, and there's a lot to like about New Zealand cricket at the moment. To go back-to-back in terms of making the 2015 World Cup final at the MCG and then coming to Lords and tying the main game and then tying the super over but on the count back not having enough uh, boundaries on the board to, to, to lift the trophy, <laughs> a disappointing way for them to finish but didn't they conduct themselves well? They did and I also think it's an interesting one for Australian cricket lovers to observe because there's been a lot of criticism about how the Australian cricket team has presented itself in the past few years. Of course, we all know what, what happened in the lead up to that and that's well written in the history books. Uh, but people like, um, you know, good winners and they like good losers. They like a good game and they like tough and fierce competition. But I think New Zealand has shown themselves to be not only, you know, credible and, um, you know, a, a really fantastic opposition, uh, but they've held their head up high and they can go home knowing that they did a really fantastic job and their country should be very proud of them. And I think, uh, you know, Australians when we perform really well and we're fiercely competitive and when we win, we love that, but we also know what what that needs to be like when you lose as well. And, I've, um, I've, and there are important lessons from that. And I feel like Justin Langer is bringing that flavour to the Australian group at the moment. I'm really impressed yeah. with the way he's setting the tone over there. And, all... and he has to because the Australian public was, I think, at the end of its tether. I don't think that they liked it. I don't think they respected it. Um, and I think they enjoyed it. So they want Australia to win. They don't want, you know, a team that doesn't go in there and fight the hardest, but they want them to fight the good fight, not the bad fight. That's right. And speaking of a group of people fighting the good fight, how good are our Australian women's cricket team going <laughs> at the moment? Yeah. I know. And this is the thing you've got to, when you think about their Ashes um, tour as well, and it's different. You've got to think of it differently. Um, and, and you have such a different level of respect for the women too because, of course, their Ashes is in a multi-format. So they've not only got to win the T20s, but they've got to win the ODIs and they've got to win the Test match, which is coming up, um, and got to intersperse within all of those different games in a short period of time. Now, that is skill. I mean, that's incredible. And we have just, just the most amazing players in Elise Perry Alyssa Healy, to name just two. These are world champion level sportswomen and um, Australia is very, very lucky to have them and I reckon we will be retaining the ashes. That is my tip for the women for sure. Yeah, well, the way they've started is outstanding. They've they've won all three of the ODIs, which puts them in a very strong position going into the test match. I know they'll definitely be still looking to win that test match and get an unassailable lead going into the final T20 games, but... 
Elise Perry, seven for 22 in that ODI <laughs> recently. It's ridiculous, it, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. incredible. And a, a real testament to her work ethic on and off the field. She trains very hard. She prepares herself uh, for these kind of moments, these big moments in the game and really looking forward to seeing test cricket. It's not something we get to see a lot of for the females and, and both yeah. of us uh, w- were there at North Sydney Oval when Australia played their last test match. For, unfortunately for me, I was only there for the first night and then I was back in Dubbo after that. But mm. Elise Perry is going to be remembered forever for her performance in that one, 213 not out, Uh the early celebration when she thought she'd brought up the double hundred. Um, I think that's her stock standard media question that she gets asked the most about <laughs> these days is, is that false celebration there. But so much, so much to like about that day night atmosphere yeah. at North Sydney Oval and, and the family friendliness of women's sport and the approachability. I, I know for, for me, I've got an eight year old and a five year old at home. And, and if you ask them who their favorite cricketers were, You'll get names like Sophie Molyneux mentioned. You'll get you'll get some of the male players mentioned as well, like Stephen Smith, for example, and Elise Perry will get mentioned. Elisa Healy will get mentioned. Rachel Haynes will get mentioned. So mm. to them, it's just cricket. They they just love yeah. it, and 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 I love that. That's the way things are going. We're just we're just viewing this as another game of cricket where Australia are trying to win the Ashes. And you know what? The boundaries have changed in the last couple of years. We didn't talk about our women's cricket team on a, um, I guess, prime time level as what we used to. And I think it's fantastic that you can, that that conversation is now being had and people love it. And you can tell they love it because they watch it and they go to the games. And I went to the WBBL final at Dremoyne Oval. Oh, wow. Took my kids and oh, it was amazing. You know, you have goosebumps and these are, and I said to my children, you know, these are amazing players that you're about to watch. And the whole atmosphere was great. It was a sellout. You know, people were queuing down the sides to get in. And it was fantastic. And that's great. That's live sport um, at that local level. It's how I grew up. And it's the feelings and the great fun that I had as a kid. And I think that's all on our doorstep here, uh, not just in the men, but also with the women as well. So get in amongst it and enjoy it because it's great and it's such a great day out. I loved it. Fantastic. I think I'm still living my youth actually, Matt. (laughs) I think that's what's happening here. (laughs) Well, I'm loving it as well now that I've got kids that are old enough to appreciate the game. I I took my son down to Canberra to watch the Thunder play their last game of the season and after that whole experience, the the next day I said to him, oh, how did you you find, find the cricket last night? And he said, Dad, that was the best day of my life. And I just oh, thought, great. How, how good is that? And I know he's only eight years old and he'll have plenty of better days to come. Um, but just that whole experience as a father with a son to share that and have cricket as part of it uh, was, was really special for me. Now, the Women's Ashes, like the World Cup, it's in a different time zone, Nina. So... Mm. Uh, we're both yeah. very responsible human beings. We, we, we have we have normal jobs, we have families, yep. and we love the game. Mm. Do you have any tips for our listeners? Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are thinking, I, where do I draw the line? How many overs do I watch? When do I go to bed? Uh, what strategies can you give our listeners for making the women's ashes and the men's ashes that's 17 days away. How do we do it? 
You give up only when your eyelids are so heavy that you can no longer keep them open and you fight and fight and fight until that moment. Um, yeah, it's tough being a cricket lover, right? Because you've got to adjust to a lot of different time zones. Um, but yeah, I, you've got to be committed to it, I think. Um, and that this is, I, I find it really difficult because I just can't watch a few overs and get settled in and go, you know what? Now it's time for bed because I'll always get <laughs> drawn back and sucked in. <laughs> um, but in the end, you've just got to, I think you probably just need to put a red pencil through a couple of weeks, don't you think? And then just go, look, you know, I'll get over it and I'll sleep in, um, I'll sleep in September. Yeah, well, that's, that sounds that sounds like a fairly solid strategy. Maybe taking some annual leave during the Ashes, would that be a plan if, yeah. if people can do that? Oh, they can do that, I know. But, um, yeah, and if, and if you love it that much and you want to do it, then why not? But you can also probably work it around because it falls in on weekends and that kind of thing. So maybe set yourself up a bit of a roster and um, go your hardest and have a lot of coffee and you'll be okay. And do you power nap at all? Oh, I'm a great power napper. Um, in one of my previous jobs, I used to um, host the breakfast news um, on uh, Sky TV and on Sky News. And so I can actually sleep anywhere at any time. It's a real ability of mine. And because um, when you get up at 2.45 a.m., five mornings a week, you know, I can sleep at 10.30 a.m., I can sleep at 3 p.m., I'm a great power napper. And I can do it for 30 minutes and I can wake up and feel fresh as a daisy as well. So that's a skill. I'm happy for that. That's one thing that shift work will teach you. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding, Nina. And <laughs> you've watched a lot of Ashes cricket. Uh, let's yeah. let's uh, cast our minds back. I, I'd love to hear from you. Um, coming up in, in a couple of weeks' time, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking with Greg Campbell from the 1989 Ashes Tour and getting some Fantastic. insights from him um, about the most memorable Ashes series in my mind because it was the Ashes series that ignited uh, my desire to play club cricket. I'd always loved cricket, uh, but mm-hmm. that Ashes series got me hooked and got me really interested in actually going out and putting the whites on and playing myself. What are some of your highlights over the years of watching Ashes cricket? My highlight is um, the 2005 test at Trent Bridge. Uh, 2005 series, we lost, as everyone yeah. knows, uh, in the history books, but it was a absolute battle royale. Um, Glenn McGrath got injured early on. Uh, we were really up against it, and um, my, my parents were actually holidaying in Denmark at the time of the test match. Wow. Uh, and I managed, yeah, I found myself in England and um, I was very lucky to be able to get into that test match. And I, so I contacted my father who was in Copenhagen and said, look, you know what? Can you get yourself to Trebridge? Can you get yourself to Nottingham? And let's try and go to an Ashes test in England together because wow. this is a, a once off. And you know what he did? And so he took a flight to England, train up to Nottingham, picked him up from the train station, and we went and watched that test match together. And I know we didn't win it, um, but what an experience. And, and I just couldn't believe that I was there. And it was just, and Trembridge is a really small oval too, so yeah. it's got a really electric atmosphere. Um, it was an amazing game. Uh, it was an amazing moment for me. And 
you know, I, I was just really happy I could be there with my father watching it. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, loved the whole experience. So funny enough, my favourite test match is actually not one, my favourite Ashes moment is not actually one that we won, but rather one where I just thought this is just a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So I'm just so lucky to have it. So, uh, yeah, that would be mine. <laughs> and, and again, highlighting how understanding your mother must be. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I mean, the offer was off to her too and she was like, oh, no, I'll just stay in Denmark. That's okay. So she's Danish, so she has family okay. and friends there. So she was able to to, to, uh, to watch that. I, and actually, do you know what? Um, Denmark has a cricket team and I follow them on Twitter, so I like to uh, to see how they're going. And I just noticed that I think they had a T20 up against Finland um, yesterday. So, you know, they're still kicking around. You never know. Yeah, that's <laughs> Might right. Might have a Scandinavian series. Oh, that'd be outstanding. It'd be worth going on a tour for that, I, I dare yeah. say. I would be part of that tour. Yeah, I'd be pretty ha- – I'd love that. That would be amazing. So, and what about you? What's your favourite Ashes moment? Oh, there's so many of them. Um, my earliest one is Stephen Moore, 1989, uh, mm. the 177 not out that kind of kick-started his whole career. Uh, some other ones there, obviously the Shane Warne ball of the century, 1993. Yep. Mark Taylor, 1997, under siege, uh, didn't make runs in the first innings. Uh, everyone was calling for him to call a day on his career and he came out and made that 100 in the second innings. Um, that was outstanding stuff. Uh, Justin Langer, back in the team in 2001. Uh, Chris Rogers, making 100 at Lords 2015. Yeah. There's just Gosh. so many. It's <laughs> just so was many. 2015? I think it was 2015. like so much has happened since then, you it, know? It does feel like so much has <laughs> happened since then. I feel like there's then. been a... a complete revolution in changing cricket since that time. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't believe that was only four years ago. I joined a gym so that I could watch the cricket on the cardio equipment and I think, <laughs> I think that might have been where I saw that 100 there. So <laughs> so, you do, so would you go to the gym sort of five days straight? Is that what you would do and well, then you know, uh, give it up until the next test match? Well, and this is, this is interesting. I, I first joined a gym back in 2003 when I was living in Brisbane again purely with the purpose of watching the cricket. So uh, I would go for multiple days in a row and mm-hmm. get on the bike. I, I got pretty thin back then for some reason as yeah, well. Yeah, that's pretty that's very impressive. So there's some good like there's some good off-field benefits of cricket if you're willing to put in the time and the energy to it. So <laughs> yes. that was definitely Commitment. definitely one of my one of my better strategies for watching cricket and getting fit at the same time. So that could be a tip for people out there. I don't necessarily advise it at 3 a.m. Uh, running on the treadmill or anything like that because yeah. – <laughs> well, I don't know. That, that might be one way to stay awake as you're saying if you're looking for a strategy. But I've got to say I'm a bit nervous leading up to this Ashes series. I don't know how you're feeling about it, but I do feel like the momentum is England's way. What do you think? Well, I I get very nervous. I get – I. Uh, Michael Hussey is one of my favourite cricketers of all time and, and a few days ago, um, probably showing my cricket nuffiness here, but a, a few days ago <laughs> I was watching a, a Michael Hussey DVD and I was <laughs> I, I, I was getting nervous watching highlights of Mike Hussey oh. when I knew he was going to make 100 but I, I was still nervous for him. So yeah. watching live cricket, that's a whole nother kettle of fish. So I, I, I'm fairly nervous, but I'm fairly confident as well. I, I like the fact that we've got an Australia A 
team over there at the moment as yeah. well. Uh, there's Likewise. lots of guys getting used to the conditions, ready to step up if and when required. There's lots of guys scoring runs. There's lots of guys bowling well. And I think Justin Langer is the man. I love Justin Langer. And I think he is building this up quite nicely. Stephen Waugh's going to be in around the group. I think mm. think that will bring a, a little bit of a an edge. And Amazing in, mentor. Yeah. Yeah, and England might just still be in party mode, Nina. They well, might, actually, there's a risk of that. That is true. They might just um, be riding on those coattails in, in, in yeah. on the 1st of August there, hopefully. Well, the thing is, is that, you, I mean, the whole team needs to perform really well. And, and as you and, and anybody who watches cricket knows, it's no good if you've just got one or two decent batsmen and one good bowler. You know, everybody, everybody has to, your starting squad has to just all be at the top of their game. If you're going to win an Ashes series away from home against England, in England, everybody has to be at the top of their game. And um, I, I agree. I think Justin Lang is doing a really good job. I think um, Smith and Warner's returns important. Um, there are some question marks over some of the players. I'm worried about Usman Khawaja, yeah. uh, who, um, of course, is injured. And if my maths is correct, is only going to be fit to play just before the Ashes test. And, and you know, he is my favourite player, uh, my favourite current player, um, I just love watching him play. I've been lucky enough to see him make a century at Adelaide Oval. I saw him take that amazing catch where he caught out um, Coley. Yep. Um, I was behind the bowler's arm, and honestly, I just very exciting because <laughs> <laughs> I also have I also have this great habit of being able to look away at the exact moment when a wicket is taken. I don't know if I'm the only one who has this skill, but it really is a skill. Um, but that one I actually saw fair and square, and his leap was amazing. And I just think when he's Good, you know he's great, um, but there are injury concerns over him, and um, you know there's some other players who didn't have a great World Cup and probably wanted to do better, but then they've got a lot to prove. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But it's a gee, it's a tough call against England in in England. There there are a few tougher calls than that. Oh, it's going to be outstanding. Now I, I just detected there you could be our secret weapon in the Ashes if you are the kind <laughs> of person that can bring about a wicket when you look away. Maybe <laughs> if England are building a bit of a partnership, we could get you to put the kettle on or yep, take yep, the bin absolutely. out or do something yep. just for just get for, just for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> do whatever it takes. Get the for, for five hours. Yep, can do that. No, that I feel if that helps Australia, then I'm on board. Oh, you, you're always always there to support <laughs> our, great, our great cricket teams, Nina. Now, yeah. th- that, that's about all we've got time for. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and really I just really love your contagious love for the game and I'm sure our listeners will love your contagious love for the game as well. And so maybe we Thanks, should maybe we should check in again uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love that. Go Australia and, um, you know, to all your listeners, it's going to be a great series coming up. Fantastic. I can feel it in my bones, that's for sure, and, and I hope um, everyone else has that contagious feeling too because it really is the best game of all. It certainly is. Thank you so much, Nina Stevens. Thank you. A very big thank you to Nina Stevens for joining us on the Cricket Library podcast today. 
what wonderful enthusiasm and passion for the game she has and very knowledgeable too. She's watched a lot of cricket over the years and has a lot to offer in terms of cricket knowledge and analysis. It was great to hear some of those stories about watching the cricket with her father as well when she was growing up. And it's great to see that that, can, that tradition has continued for her over the years. Also, hope you enjoyed some of those tips for staying up late during the Ashes. Might need to do that when the Aussie girls get their test match underway in a couple of nights' time. I think I'll be doing my best to watch the most of that as I possibly can. If you want to check out more from the Cricket Library podcast, we are on Spotify. Just do a search for the Cricket Library podcast in there. We are also on iTunes. Same arrangement there. Have a look for that. We've also got a Facebook page and a Twitter page as well. You can check those out. If you want to check out more from Nina Stevens as well, she's on Twitter at the handle at Nina B. Stevens. Well worth a follow indeed. She'll give you the latest on when the next cricket's coming up via the hashtag cricket countdown hashtag. And that's about it for us. Thanks for joining us. It's been great having your company. Make sure you tune in again for the next episode when Greg Campbell joins us for a chat about the 89 Ashes. Looking forward to your company then. From Matt Ellis, it is bye for now.